Hello and welcome to the Korean Beauty Show podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Lee, K-beauty expert, founder of Style Story and Jellico, and your guide to the world of Korean beauty, makeup, skincare, and more. And today, what I wanted to do was have a little bit of a chat about something that I have noticed becoming more and more prevalent, and that is blanding in K-beauty. So I mentioned on the show a couple of weeks ago that a few brands are undergoing a brand transformation. They have new logos, they've got new packaging for their products. Uh, and the part of the reason behind that, two of the brands that I mentioned were, were Solwasu and Innisfree, which are both Amore Pacific owned brands. Part of the reason that for that, uh, in the case of Solwasu, was because they are planning to expand globally and move their focus away from China. And it just kind of got me thinking about this whole topic of, you know, brands sort of changing and the move towards becoming a little bit more the same. I've noticed this probably for the last, I would say, at least the last five years. And I thought it maybe warranted discussion. If you're not familiar with the term blanding, then let me just run you through it quickly. So fluxbranding.com calls it the opposite of branding, basically. If branding is about differentiation, then blanding is the exact opposite. Uh, And a site called The Fashion Law, they had some really great graphics that they did up a few years ago that showed the change from what they call a brand to a bland across the big luxury fashion houses. Uh, And if you go and have a look at that, I'll put a link to that in the show notes. It really shows you how these heritage brands, the luxury brands that once had really separate and very distinct brand logos updated, modernized, minimalized, whatever you'd like to call it, their brands. And they really all look quite similar. So we're talking brands like Yves Saint Laurent, which, you know, dropped the Eve altogether and just started going by Saint Laurent. Uh, Balenciaga was one of them. Uh, Burberry, another one. And Burberry, interestingly enough, seems to have already started to make the switch back to its more uh, traditional traditional and maximalist style branding. So it may be that in the case of fashion, this is already a little bit on its way out. But I've noticed that a lot of the new releases, when you have a look at new brands, new releases and whatnot in K-beauty and beauty more generally in particular, that it really seems like we are in full on blanding minimalist mode. Uh, And there are a lot of reasons given by different people as to why this is a thing, why this is popular. You'll notice the similarities in the sense of a lot of the logos now have really thin sans serif lines. Uh, And they've really, a lot of brands that had very distinctive logos have really 
just cut out all of the extra design elements. I think that's probably the, the easiest way of putting it across. So in the case of Soul Basu, what they have announced is that they're no longer going to use Chinese characters on their packaging. And that was a very distinctive part of their packaging for a very long time. Soul Basu, the brand name, was written in Hanja, which is uh, the Korean way of saying the Chinese characters. And that was integral to their brand because Chinese consumers in particular love the brand uh, and it is a hanbang brand so using oriental uh, medicine traditions techniques ingredients all of those things in very herbal formulas that would be familiar to people who visit Chinese medicine specialists and practitioners the kind of smells that come from the the products are similar to the things that you will smell if you go to a Han Iwan in Korea uh, Han Iwan is a traditional medicine clinic uh, that specializes in things like hanbang uh, products and medicines and whatnot, acupuncture, for example. Uh, and one, when I was researching for this for this topic, because I really wanted to sort of see what other people, I don't know, the reasons that they have proffered behind why this has become such a thing. And the one thing that I thought was really interesting and probably does have a lot to do with it is that. Instagram and the way that the algorithms work on social media really has a lot to do with this. And what you like on Instagram, you'll already know if you're familiar with the platform, fuels what the algorithm then shows you. And it basically serves you more content that attempts to reinforce your preferences with more stuff that you might like. So some people think that blanding has become more prevalent because it's risky for brands to stand too far out from the pack and aligning with other brands that are similar to them has become a branding strategy in and of itself. Obviously, it can help you reach your audience through social media, but it also plays it safe because you're not going to stand too far out from the pack and, you know, it's just maybe more easy for people to digest. They probably make some assumptions about what your brand stands for. And I think that that's really true. So in particular, this new minimalist design aesthetic, I think it's shorthand for a few different things when it comes to K-beauty. The first one is clean, clean beauty. We all know that this has been trending for years and that more and more Korean beauty brands have really swung the pendulum away from the cutesy, more out there kitsch packaging that they used to have back in the early 2000s. And it's all about minimalism these days. If you have a look at any of the new brand releases, if you scroll through apps like Huawei, you will be hard pressed to tell one brand from another. They are so aesthetically similar. Uh, you know, even the boxy kind of packaging style like um, very symmetrical, very square or rectangular, things like that. They've all become kind of a shorthand for clean, for, you know, EWG green grade certified. That's another thing that K-Beauty has been obsessed with lately. Vegan, that's the other big thing. Every brand in Korea at the moment is really making a push towards becoming vegan, not because they, uh, you know, necessarily have a huge vegan clientele, but because Korean consumers have been fed this line that vegan products are 
necessarily better for the environment. They have been basically told that clean uh, and uh, vegan are are better for the skin because they're more natural and they contain natural ingredients. Now, if you know anything about beauty formulation, about how to make skincare, you'll know that those two things have nothing to do with one another. And in fact, the probably most understood and most well-researched ingredients in a lot of beauty products are the ones that are synthetic because they have been around for a lot longer and they are much better understood and there is standardization across how they come into being and how they are created whereas that is not the case for a lot of the more natural products um, they that they can vary very widely in um, quality and all of those kind of things depending on how they're farmed the pesticides used how they're extracted how they're put into the products in the first place so it is just absolutely fake news to suggest that just because a product contains a natural ingredient that it is in any way safer for the skin or better for the skin than some of these older much more well understood synthetic uh, ingredients that scientists chemists have been working with for years and years and you know we've got lots of clinical studies and data to back it up so That is unfortunately the way that the industry has been trending for some time and consumers for in in large part have basically just lapped this up and that then has a domino effect that when one brand seems to be doing well on a strategy like that another brand will follow along because they want to be successful too. They want to sell more products uh, and most people go into business to make money. This is a capitalist world that we live in and for the most part people are in business to make money. So if one thing seems to be trending then it follows that other companies are going to do the same thing. So I think that that is a large part of the reason for blanding and why brands are a little bit scared to show their true colors and to show what their brand actually stands for. Uh, And, you know, as part of my work, so one side of my business is obviously as the founder of Style Story, as the founder of Jellyco. I do my podcast, I do my radio work as well as a guest expert. But another part of my business is consulting with companies that are looking to manufacture in Korea, that are looking to, you know, buy Korean beauty products, for example, to stock in their aesthetic salons and whatnot. Uh, And so I work with a lot of beauty brand owners and people that are looking to uh, start out for the first time maybe or pivot and do some things in Korea as well and coming up with a brand concept is really important it is something that most brand founders spa- spend a really long time on researching it they'll mood board everything they'll pick a designer and work on all of these things and I guess you know for me when I decided you know made the call to start Jellyco this was right in the middle of this trend when everyone was going really ultra minimalistic and moving away from fun packaging in a pretty big way and going towards this more minimalist stuff. And one of the reasons that I really didn't want to do that is because I had a little bit of nostalgia for the K-beauty brands that were around when I first got into K-beauty many, many years ago. And part of the reason that I got hooked on it in the first place and fell in love was because it was so much fun. It was such a uh, an experience to use the products, everything from the way they looked, the way they smelt, the way they performed 
performed, the textures. It was just a visual feast. And I really loved that part of it because skincare for me up until that point had been a massive chore. And for the first time ever, rather than being, you know, the girl with acne that had to take care of her skin because, you know, I was the one that was, you know, the one with bad skin that had to pay attention to it. Finally, I could use products just because I really loved them and enjoyed them. And that was a massive pivot for me and a massive shift for me. And it really changed my outlook on beauty. So when it came to coming up with my own brand and the concept and what I wanted to do, I wanted to do that. I didn't want to just, you know, be another, another bottle on the shelf, another thing that's blending in with the crowd. I really wanted to capture that nostalgia that I had and the fun and excitement um, of really looking forward to using some beautiful products. It goes without saying that they need to work, they need to be good. No one is going to buy a second one if they're not. But more than that, you really need to actually stand for something. Uh, And it's very hard to stand out And, you know, even on a shelf, if you are doing the same thing as everyone else. So this is the the thing that I've been thinking is I've seen, you know, brand after brand pivoting away, switching over their brand concepts and original logos and things like that that it's a real shame because we are losing a lot of the individuality that many of these brands have. And so I was going to run through just a couple of the ones that I've really noticed and the ones that for me are, you know, a real shame because I think they've lost what attracted me to the brand in the first place. One of those brands is Etude House, which is now just going by the name of Etude. Now, when I first came to Korea in 2011, this was just like so such a fun brand. It was a princess aesthetic. The entire store was done up almost like a castle and everything had just really over the top, you know, pink princessy little diamantes and diamonds, frills on the end. It was such a fun brand. Now, it wasn't a brand that was going to appeal to everyone, but it didn't need to. They had a real niche market in the university areas where people were looking for quality but very cheap products because we were all on student budgets we didn't have a whole lot of money to spend on stuff but we wanted to have a little bit of fun with it and they absolutely nailed that their products were just a lot of fun to use naturally because of the aesthetic of it a lot of people grew out of the brand and moved into like the the slightly older brands but Etude being an Amore Pacific owned company like it they had so many other brands in their stable that they could sort of rotate people through you know you would grow out of x brand and then move into y brand and you know keep going on and work your way up into like a soul wasu as you you know approach your 40s or 50s or 60s or whatnot that was kind of how it worked and if you have a look at their new logo the the way that they make their products now you would be hard pressed to find any commonalities between their earlier stuff and now. And for me personally, I think that that's a real shame because that was part of the fun of the brand for me. Another brand that I have a lot of nostalgia for that is not really a thing these days is Holika Holika. And they had a really, um, really well-defined and established brand identity that carried over into their product names as well. So Holika Holika was supposed to be like a magic spell, like the kind of spell that you cast. And so they had their product names 
carried through that theme like their mascara wasn't just a mascara it was like a magic wand like that kind of thing and I think that that left a really big impression on me because you knew exactly what the brand stood for you knew what you were going to find and everything made sense and I think that as a lot of brands have you know modernized and simplified and minimalized and blanded out that you really do lose the sense of what the brands actually stand for Uh, and I think that that's a little bit of a shame so Solasu they have changed their logo and uh, like I mentioned they've decided that they're no longer going to use Chinese characters that's fine I mean, I think for them as a business decision, it makes a lot of sense. If the people that used to buy their products are no longer buying them, they need to find new buyers. So that kind of business decision, I think, makes a little bit more sense for me. They've also recently announced a new brand model, Tilda Swinton. And I think that she fits in perfectly with the way that their brand seems to be pivoting if that's indeed the way that they want to go. Uh, She definitely fits in with this new aesthetic they have. So that one to me makes sense. Uh, The one that makes a little less sense to me is Innisfree. Now they have redone their logo uh, and they've also redone their packaging as well, the designs on the packaging. And the reaction has been pretty lukewarm from what I have seen on social media, both with English speakers and with Korean speakers. Uh, you know, of people just sort of saying like that the new logo is a little bit hard to read, how they've laid it out. You know, the old branding was all about, you really got the sense that they were talking about clean, fresh, green space and natural paradise, which is what the brand concept originally was. Obviously, they're formulating using a lot of ingredients from Jeju Island, and that really leans into that whole natural aspect of it. And even when I first got into K-Beauty, Innisfree stood for nature and it stood for Jeju. Uh, so they haven't really changed that and they haven't really changed who they're targeting, but this new really minimalistic logo, uh, and branding, I'm just not sure if it encapsulates that concept for me as well as the old one did. It seems to be just more of a modernization. So that one for me, you'll have to tell me what you think, um, you know, whether you like it, whether you think it's, it's changed it or not. But from what I've seen on socials, it seems that a lot of people are kind of like, I just don't understand why. Like if it's not broke, don't fix it. That seemed to be, you know, the prevailing attitude. Now, other brands that have done this over the years and not necessarily to the full extent that say the Solar Sue thing where they've completely just thrown out the old and, you know, in with the new COSRX, you will notice that there is uh, a little bit of a disconnect between the branding and the way they, they were always minimalist. I should start off by saying that their brand concept was always minimalist and it was like COS from cosmetic and RX means prescription. So that was their whole brand concept. But you will notice that there is a pretty big difference in the layout and design of their older stuff that first hit the market, you know, what, 2014, 15 versus their newer stuff and their newer stuff in particular is very much packaged like a lot of other products on the market so it's kind of a half in half out I don't know that they've changed their logo again it was always fairly minimalist so it kind of was already in that uh, vein when they first launched so they haven't done that another brand that has 
once upon a time had very, very distinctive packaging and a traditional Korean style logo and has changed that more recently to reflect their more global audience is Beauty of Joseon, Joseon Minyo. Uh, they, when they first launched their uh, Dynasty Cream was their first product. And that product had the most beautiful paper, traditional hanji around the bottle. And if you notice the product now, it doesn't have that anymore. Uh, now, obviously their business has really pivoted to a global market and that's really who they're targeting. Uh, so, you know, perhaps that makes sense in that that respect. But I thought that that was, you know, I, I really loved that element of the design. Uh, they still do incorporate the, the Hangul characters into uh, the logo and their packaging, but not quite in the same way as when they first launched. Uh, so I think, you know, it's always a fine line when you are going global to set the tone for the business and make it accessible, particularly for people that maybe aren't as familiar with Asian beauty products with, you know, Asian writing and whatnot. It's a very fine line and I totally get that. Um, but there are other brands that have really, I think, retained their unique brand identity. And one of the ones that I can think of off the top of my head is Skin Food. Now, their logo is just uh, completely different from other logos out on the market. And it still has that very, uh, the, the style that it had when I first was exposed to the brand and their brand identity has retained that as well. And I think that that's a really good thing because it's such, uh, a, a brand that's synonymous with, you know, their concept, which is, uh, you know, food for the skin. So all of their products are made using like ingredients that you could cook with things like salmon, things like rice. Uh, what else do they use? Black sugar. That's another one of their really famous ones. It's like all of these kind of cooking ingredients, tomatoes and things like that, that you would have in your kitchen. And so a lot of the uh, product packaging mimics that as well. The kind of things like a honey pot uh, for, you know, products that have honey in them, um, you know, that kind of design element. And I'm really, really happy that they haven't kind of moved away from that. That's a company that has had a lot of problems over the last sort of five, six years, uh, not least of which when their former CEO was jailed for embezzlement. So they have been through a lot, but they have really maintained that brand identity. Uh, and I think that that's a really good thing that they have done that. It makes it a lot easier to, you know, connect with the brand at their past and their present. Another brand that I have noticed has stayed, I think, pretty true to their original brand identity and concept is Vanilla Co. Now, their logo definitely did go through this minimalism, um, you know, push. I don't think they were immune to that. It's very similar to other brand logos that you will see in terms of the style and the font used. But I think that the products themselves are still very similar. Uh, you know, they, they've, they've changed, for example, the packaging on Clean It Zero a few times. But I think that 
as a whole, they really have resisted the urge to really pare down all of their all of their products. And they still use color really, really well. Lots of different color, which was always part of their brand, almost like a pastel rainbow. I think they've still really kept that. Uh, and, you know, it's just not like that these days. If you walk into an offline store in Seoul these days, it is literally hard to tell them apart. It is hard to tell one brand apart from the other. The way that they are all written and the font they use is so similar. The ingredients in so many products is so similar. It seems like it's just a requirement now that you need a Centella ampoule, you need a propolis line, you need uh, mugwort, all of these kind of things. Um, and, you know, that for me is the part that uh, makes me a little bit more disappointed and and I guess harder to get super excited about all the launches just because they seem to be so samey samey. You know, like new companies that are launching onto the market that have popped up in the last few years and they're just all so similar. And I think that this has a lot to do with the push towards clean, the push towards vegan, natural, and all of these kind of things. All of the products that are trending at the moment on Huawei, if you can tell them apart, then you have a much better eye for me. Uh, so look, this is just uh, a thing that I've been noticing in line with the trend towards things like vegan, veganism, uh, sustainability, all of that kind of thing, that it seems that the brand strategies have become a lot more aligned and just people are playing it safe. Um, and I just think there's no harm in being bold, in standing out. I think we're going to be seeing a swing away from minimalism pretty soon, just like I think that we are going to eventually see a bigger swing away from clean beauty. I just don't think it's sustainable. I don't think it's sustainable to have this many brands and that's their the only thing that they're talking about is clean beauty. You know, once upon a time, it used to be a bit of a, a marketing thing that made them stand out from other brands. But now it's almost like a requirement that brands need to be clean. And pretty soon we're going to get to the point where people need something else to talk about because their brand is just going to blend in and not stand out from the crowd if that's all they've got going for them. So look, I have been having this chat with a couple of people. I've obviously been having it with the people that I work with too, um, that I do consulting with. And I just thought that some of you might be interested in this. I'm sure you've noticed this as well. Uh, so let me know your thoughts. You know, is this something that you're like, no, nope, I'm totally here for minimalism. Love it. Clean lines, uh, sans serif fonts is what I'm all about. I love it. What do you, like me, yearn for the days when brands had really wacky but out there concepts and, you know, you just knew what they stood for and you could align yourself with them very clearly? Let me know. I'm super interested to know what you guys think. Um, you know, obviously, the fact that so many brands are doing this tells me that this has been a winning strategy for a lot of brands and it hasn't hurt their businesses and it's been good for their businesses. I don't think that people would do this if it was a losing strategy, but I wonder if we're coming close to the time when we're going to have to see this kind of pendulum swing back in the other direction into a more maximalist, uh, you know, just big bowl out there again. I'm, I'm, I'm curious, but that's my, that's my, 
feeling. I feel like it's going to have to go back in the other direction. You know, it's like fashion, you know, what everything old is new again, like the Y2K fashions that people, you know, were really into in the early 2000s are back again. So I that that's my prediction, but I'm really curious to know what you guys have to think. Come and find me. You can find me over at stylestory.com.au. Send me an email or I'm hanging out sometimes on Instagram at lauren.kbeauty. You can come and find me there. All right, I'm going to leave it here. And until next time, I will see you on Style Story. Bye.